three, two, one. For the week ending on May 29th, Philadelphia had a total record of 5-3-1, with the Phillies going 5-1, winning two series, the Seoul losing their one game 30-45, and the Union going 0-1-1, with a 1-3 loss and a 1-1 draw. So much to talk about, so please sit down, relax, and enjoy your ride here on The Orange Line. source of Philly sports, The Orange Line, Philadelphia's first and only 8 for 8 sports podcast. I am your host, Dr. PhD, here to bring you all of the news from the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLS, AFL, NLL, and OWL as it pertains to the city of brotherly love. So let's get right into it, starting where we left off last week and then working our way from worst to best. And I got to agree with my man, Jake Arrieta. Uh, we're one of the best teams in baseball, is what he said. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies, of course. Uh, the Phillies had a big series win over the Milwaukee Brewers, which is great considering the fact that uh, they came into CBP not too long ago and uh, kind of beat us up. They had their bats going. Ours weren't really connecting all too much. So it was nice to be able to go back into their hometown and uh, you know get some wins off of them. And it was great to go positive for that entire road stretch uh, going from uh, Chicago for four days and then right into Milwaukee. Being able to beat some of those top-level teams is always good. Uh, the series against Milwaukee also saw Velasquez, uh, Vince Velasquez, get moved to the bullpen from the starting position that he was in. Uh, and so far, it seems to be a good fit. He was struggling as a starter, but uh, he had a couple of innings of uh, some dominant pitching, which is uh, very nice to see. Um, it was also nice to see the start of the uh, St. Louis series. Phillies wanted to start it off quick and good with two wins, uh, winning the series as early as they possibly can. With the bats finally showing up, uh, some of the bigger names were able to get out there and get swinging, notably uh, Bryce Harper, who I believe went 5-8 and eight in uh, the first two games with something like like four doubles and a home run. He, he played absolutely insane. Uh, so that was great. The pitching helped out in those games as well. Um, and I'm starting to have a little bit more faith in uh, the pitching staff. I know they've had their tr- uh, struggles in the starting positions and uh, with some of the players in the bullpen. Um, but hopefully this can uh, keep going. It can be on the upward trend for this team. And uh, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but uh, I feel like it's worth mentioning that Adubal Herrera was arrested uh, not too long ago on a charge of domestic violence against his girlfriend. He was immediately put on administrative leave, which is absolutely the right call from the MLB. And uh, in case anyone wants to follow this or know what's happening with him and his court dates, um, then uh, the next time he's going to be in court is going to be June 17th. But um, in my opinion, the dude needs to go. 
But that's the Phillies. Uh, as we move on, the Fusion, they remain silent, but uh, obviously full of thought. Um, just a little while ago, Elk released a video for the Philadelphia Fusion talking about some of his tips for Anna, one of the characters in the game. Um, and Poco was chosen as one of uh, eight different OWL pros to uh, give his tips on D.Va, which is uh, something that's really cool about Overwatch. It's you know the professional's perspective on how to play the game, how to play some of the characters in the game, which is uh, something that you don't really see all too much in uh, some of the other sports, that how to get better from your level to the next level and then maybe work your way all the way up to the professional level. So uh, shout-outs to them. It's been very nice um, for you know some of the pros to recognize uh, the play for some of the, uh, the not-so-big uh, people out there, you know, the little guys like us. Um, the NLL also recognized a real one this week. Um, they uh, just released a quick spotlight on Trevor Baptiste, who um, was absolutely amazing this year. I uh, I couldn't you know praise him enough. Uh, I, I kept telling everyone what a monster he was in uh, the faceoff circle dot, um, and uh, he he you know continued that play all the way through the season, uh, which ultimately netted him the uh, NLL single season faceoff win record at, uh, I think, 362, so that was very nice to see, and uh, uh, in in the article, he uh, talked about how he still wants to develop as a player, he still wants his game to uh, get as good as it possibly can be, so uh, that's very nice to hear from someone who uh, was a rookie this year and uh, didn't have too much experience in the box and uh, came out, played absolutely amazing, and uh, the, the fact that he says he wants to get better and still needs uh, to improve some parts of his game is exactly what we as Philadelphians want to hear, but also just uh, for someone on your team, it's a very nice thing to hear. And uh, last week I talked about um, the NCAA championship uh, weekend, I guess, for lacrosse, with uh, Penn State being one of the four teams that was involved Sadly, they went down to Yale 17-21, to so Pennsylvania is not going to walk away with the national championship for lacrosse. Um, but as you moved into the championship game, it was Yale versus Virginia, and congratulations to Virginia for taking away that title. Um, I, it, I don't really know what that means, but I feel like it was a nice wrap-up to something I reported uh, last week. Um, and speaking of champions, it's worth noting that... Uh, Calgary, the Roughnecks, are your NLL 2019 Cup winners, which is neat, I guess. I don't know. I don't really care. It's I, I've said it before. It's not Philly sports, so it doesn't matter to me. Things that do matter to me, good teams. Good teams in Philadelphia. And I got to say, I'm going to keep saying it every single time this team comes up, I want the run back obviously talking about the Sixers. I want this team back. I think this team can do really well. I've talked about it so much already, so I'm not going to harp on it for too long. I'm just saying this team can do very well. It, 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 I don't know. I'm at a loss for words because this team has the ability to get to the NBA championship. I think it's going to be more well-rounded with some of the experience some of these guys had and, uh, to get back there we're gonna need the run back and we're gonna need jimmy g buckets if you're not sure what the g stands for it stands for gets 
Um, and if you ask Vegas, they would say that the odds are in our favor. Philadelphia is the odds-on favorite to uh, keep Jimmy Butler going into next season, which is very nice. That means the run back is very close. Uh, another one who is uh, favored to stay in Philadelphia is Tobias Harris. So uh, that's absolutely great. I want to see uh, a lot of these players back, especially uh, Jimmy and Tobias. I would love to see JJ back. I have his jersey, um, which is pretty much the main reason why I want him back, but I do like him as a player. Um, but I will admit that out of the uh, starting five, well, he's uh, he, he might be the weakest link. I'm not going to say that he is the weak link, just saying that there are things that he can do to improve his game, much like Trevor Batiste can improve his game. Wow, a lot of uh, all-encompassing things here. Um, I also should say that the NBA Finals are finally set. The Raptors are facing off against the Warriors, which is uh, neat, I guess. It makes me feel better about losing to Toronto now that they're in the NBA Championship Series games. I don't know. They're they're playing for the NBA Championship, so... Uh, it, if they're that good of a team, I, I feel like it's it's a little bit better that uh, we lost. Not better that we lost, but I, I think you know what I mean. That it it's it feels okay now. I don't know. I'm do I'm backing myself into a corner. Uh, I also think it's worth mentioning uh, Giannis, who walked out of uh, his last interview after uh, losing uh, to the Raptors. I just thought it was really funny. Come on, be a man. Answer some questions. Just suck it up. Uh, you know, JoJo, he was crying. He was a mess. He uh, he he laid it all out there, and, you know, he didn't walk away. So I'm just saying, Giannis. I'm just saying. And uh, another thing I'm just saying is it is all over. It's game over for the rest of the NFL. I'm sorry. This is the fact. Carson Wentz is looking so dang good as of right now in OTAs. He uh, he's he's been playing unabated, uh, no uh, restrictions on him and uh, no limitations on his physical abilities. I should say, no knee brace or anything. So that's very nice for us to see. Um, he's also made a whole lot of uh, good connections at OTAs, most notably with Deshaun Jackson which uh, hopefully means that that hookup can be legit. Just because, I mean, he's a great wide receiver. Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. I think this this, this could be a good season offensively for the Eagles. Um, lots of high praise all around, most notably from uh, Lewis Riddick, um, a ESPN analyst, someone who's very well respected within the NFL analyst community. Um, he came out, he said it, he said Carson Wentz will be NFL MVP this season. So the pressure's on, Carson. The pressure is on. Will you be able to rise to the occasion? I honestly hope so. I've already spoken about how I have my doubts about him, but I got to root for him. I got to root for all of the Eagles quarterbacks, no matter what. Um, just like Donovan McNabb, he was in the news once again. He wasn't talking about Carson Wentz necessarily this time, but he states that he is definitely a Hall of Famer, and that, that raised a whole lot of eyebrows, not just from uh, people in the NFL community, but even within Philadelphia. A lot of people are like, mm, 
yeah, you sure about that one, Donnie? Um, and I gotta kind of agree with him. Five NFC Championship games that 2004 season that got us all the way to the Super Bowl. He played pretty dang good. His numbers are pretty decent, so I, I think at some point he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's gonna be, you know, next season. I don't think next two seasons or anything like that. At some point... I think Donnie Mac is going to uh, end up being in the Hall of Fame. But I do want this out there. If he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, I do believe that our boy BDN, Nick Foles, should be in before him. Before him. He is the Eagles' number one quarterback of all time. I'm going to say it. I'm going to continue to say it. He brought a Super Bowl to Philadelphia. No quarterback's done that in Eagles history. So, yeah, he's... uh, He's been very good historically, not to mention that insane movie-esque run that he had. Um, yeah, I uh, I would put Nick Foles in before Donovan McNabb. But that's just me. Uh, Seoul lose uh, a bit more than the game that they had this week. But uh, we got some shmoney out of it. Now let me explain all of this, uh, the Philadelphia Soul lost to the Baltimore Brigade, 30-45. to 45. And from the very beginning, I could tell something was going to be up. We uh, we got the first touchdown of the game, go up 6 to nothing, and uh, missed the first point after attempt, which meant all of my math was wrong because I can only you know go up by sevens because that's how football has treated me. And um, after that, I was like... Maybe that could be a bad omen. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But as it went on, back and forth touchdowns, back and forth touchdowns, it all seemed fairly good Um, until uh, Aaron Washa, he uh, got his first reception of the game, which was a touchdown pass in the bottom right, not bottom, top right uh, corner of the end zone where it was diving play, dove for the ball, caught it, and uh, kind of took a tumble into the boards. Looked like he hit hard, but popped up pretty quickly. Um, and then as he, uh, you know, it's going to celebrate with the team, jumped up, high five, boom! Everyone's happy, and uh, he came down a little awkwardly, gimped off the field, and did not come back. It looked like he maybe got a knee in the thigh, in the upper groin area. I'm not sure where, but uh, he came down and, like I said, did not play for the rest of the game, and in that same exact corner, Lonnie Outlaw tried to do something quite uh, miraculous. He went for another diving play in that same area, but this time it was a bit over top of the wall. Went back, dove up, missed the ball, um, and spilled to the outside. And if you're not aware, um, at all AFL games, on the outside of the wall, there's just a a bit of padding just in case someone spills over the top um, just so they don't hit too hard but it looked like Lonnie Outlaw may have hit his head on the concrete and um, he did not finish the game as well it, it, it hurt it hurt to see it hurt the team obviously because those were two of the bigger receivers that are just now on the sidelines and uh, don't give the soul too many offensive options Defensively, it was very nice, though. We saw the return of Darius Money Outlaw. Not Outlaw, Reynolds, sorry. Um, we lost our Outlaw. Um, so it uh, it pretty much came down offensively to uh, the Fresh Prince of Soul, Darius Prince. Um, 
and uh, he just wasn't enough to carry the soul to the win. Going down 45 to 30. We'll get him next week, guys. Um, following that, the Union had a, a couple of frustrating games, and uh, the one thing I think is that the Beast in the East needs a bit of composure. They played very angry all week, and I can understand why. They started things off with a tough 1-3 to three loss um, in which it saw them hit two posts that pretty much snuffed out all signs of a comeback. Uh, right before the half, we were down 2 to nothing, um, and we looked fairly dominant attacking, but our defense is uh, where we got you know, kind of caught slipping. Um, but as the game continued, Casper uh, Prisblico, or however you say that last name, again, I'm going to keep butchering these last names until someone corrects me, uh, he had the only goal of the game, which was also off of a post, hit off the inside of the left post. Um, and just the way the ball was spinning, 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 it uh, ended up crossing the line. So that's great. But uh, being able to come up just inches short of um, you know, possibly taking a 2-1 uh, lead, I mean not 2-1 lead, 3-2 lead, is uh, it's rough. It's, it's rough. It's not exactly what you want to see. Um, but then they went into their game on Wednesday where they pretty much dominated the whole game in terms of ball possession, passing, and breaking up plays. Uh, Sergio Santos scored the only goal, and uh, Ray Gaddis looked very impressive in that game. But like I said, it was it was just frustrating because they kept on having opportunities on offense that just were not connecting. They were not able to finish off uh, some of their plays, and it it ended up being a, an angrier game than I think the Union wanted to play. They 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 played with a whole lot of aggression. That's why I say I think they need a bit more composure. They need to calm down. They need to refocus all of that aggression into the game uh, and not into the opponents, unfortunately. Um, so they, they missed out on some pretty big points this week, um, but the Beast still remains close to the top. Hopefully they can keep going up. And I mentioned this last week, talking about uh, point number three of Dr. PhD's Picks of the Week. I said that uh, the Columbus Blues, no, not Columbus Blues, St. Louis Blues, uh, were starting their uh, Stanley Cup Finals run, playing against the dreadful Boston Bruins. Um, And it got me thinking about a few things. so this is the introduction of uh, a new segment that I like to call Philly Math. How many times have you sat there and uh, thought, well, it always seems like this happens. It always seems like X, Y, and Z goes down. And uh, you take your little thesis, you take a look at some points, and you try to add it up, see if the story makes sense. And that's exactly what I did here in the segment known as Philly Math. I decided to take a look at some Flyers trades because it always seems like whenever the Flyers trade away someone who's a possible piece on the offense, a possible piece on the defense, a big-name player, they always seem to do something very nice for themselves um, afterwards. So I decided to take a look at uh, about the past 10 years or so of uh, trades, looking at some of the big names and seeing what some of those players did post-Flyers. So starting all the way back in 2010 with our first one, Simone Gagne got traded away and uh, ends up winning a Stanley Cup two years later, which is something that uh, 
he just would never have done with the Flyers. In 2011, uh, the Flyers traded away Mike Richards to the LA Kings, in which he uh, won two Stanley Cups with them. So once again, uh, players just getting more cups, more championships without us. Jeff Carter joined him eventually that same year in 2011, winning both Stanley Cups with him. In 2012, this is a big one. We traded away Sergei Bobrovsky to the Columbus Blue Jackets. The very next season, he ended up being the winner of the Vesna Trophy for being the best uh, goaltender in the entire NHL, which uh, is a tough pill to swallow. Um, he's continued to be one of the best goaltenders in the entire NHL, and I believe he won the Vesna Trophy in 2017 as well. So it's... Uh, it's been a tough pill to swallow, the fact that we traded him away. 2012 was also the year where we saw uh, James Van Riemsdyk go to Toronto, to the Maple Leafs, where he ended up setting a career high in his next uh, full season, a career high in points. Um, and the reason I say that is because the next season that was actually played was that uh, lockout year where they played only like 48 games or something like that. So his next full 82-game season, he ended up setting a career high in points. Um, that was also the trade that we saw the dumpster fire that is also known as Luke Fire, Luke Fire, Luke Shen joined this team, which is, um, I don't know, I, I was never really keen on the guy. He needed to do more than he actually did. So, again, I believe we lost that trade. Uh, not a big one, but in 2013, we lost Max Talbot to uh, Colorado, where he ended up setting a career high in assists immediately after the trade. And now we're getting into Ron Hextall territory in 2014. That was the year he uh, became the GM. And if you remember the way he handled the offseason trades and you know all these types of things, he wasn't very aggressive. But in 2014, he traded away Scott Hartnell to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who uh, he ended up having arguably his second best season of his entire career. I know that's not necessarily better, but uh, at that point he was very late in his career and uh, he was being able to put up uh, comparable points to what he was earlier. So uh, I, I still think that's uh, good for him, not so great for us. Um, in 2015, we traded away Kimo Timon into the Chicago Blackhawks and I mean, I always wish the best for him. He was always a great guy, and uh, he ended up being part of the Stanley Cup winning team. So at least he got his name etched on Sir Stanley's Cup, but uh, unfortunately it was not for the black and orange. And now we're finally getting to the trade that I wanted to talk about, the trade that made me think of this specific segment. On June 23rd, 2017, the Flyers traded away one Braden Shen, and in return they got a drug dealer and a guy who has zero NHL experience. If you're not aware of who those two players are, that is Yuri Letera and uh, Morgan Frost. Um, and a little fact about Braden Shen is uh, the next season he ended up setting a career high in goals, also assists, and uh, obviously that means points. Um, and now he is competing for the Stanley Cup, in which he is uh, doing pretty well. Has a goal and assist in uh, Game 1, and uh, has been a pest so far for the Bruins in this series. And if you're thinking, Doc, I really don't want to hear about this trade. 
Me either. I don't like talking about it because I still don't like it. Yes, I'm very salty. I'm a fan of Braden Shen. If there was going to be video with this one, I would take out my jersey right now and show you that I actually really like this guy. So I, it was really personally more annoying that we traded him away. But the fact that we got a player that his longest impression on me is going to be the fact that he was a drug dealer and a draft pick that still is unproven in the NHL. It just it doesn't sit well with me. But admittedly, though, Morgan Frost does have some promise. And, I mean, the future depth for this team should be pretty dang good as well. Uh, Bill Meltzer took uh, a little look at some of the prospects that we have, and uh, things seem pretty good. Uh, three of the big-name players would be Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, and Isaac Ratcliffe, um, who are pretty standout. The latter two that I mentioned had some pretty good seasons last year. In 74 games, Morgan Frost had 174 points, and uh, in 94 games, uh, Isaac, Isaac Ratcliffe, had uh, 119 points, so hopefully that can translate well into AHL time and NHL time, but as of right now, like I've said, he's unproven. All three of them are unproven in the NHL, so uh, these numbers, honestly, to me, don't really mean too much. The NHL is a different league on its own, and you got to be able to compete at that level. Hopefully these kids can do it. And to wrap up another story, Team Canada ended up beating Jake Voracek and uh, the Czech Republic 5-1 to to move into the gold medal game, which uh, was played against Finland, but congratulations to Finland for winning that. Um, and uh, even though Team Canada did not walk away with the win, I, uh, I think it was nice that they got all the way there, especially with some of the Flyers' help that they had um, coming on the ice and off the ice from... Uh, AV. So uh, congratulations to Finland. Good job to Team Canada and USA. I'm sure you, you, you did good enough. I don't know. I wasn't really paying too much attention, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but things you should pay attention for is the next week's schedule on uh, the 30th, which is Thursday. The Phillies end their series against St. Louis and then move right into a series at L.A. against the Dodgers Friday through Sunday. And then Monday through Wednesday, they are going to go see the Fathers of San Diego, the Padres. Um, the Union have one game this week. It's going to be at Minnesota, happening on Sunday. And uh, the Soul also have one game, playing the Columbus Destroyers, happening on Saturday. So those are all the things to look out for. And now it's time for my favorite uh, part of the week. I hope it's yours as well as the Dr. PhD picks of the week. Three things that I think you should look out for. Two of them are sports related and the third one could be a mystery. Um, so let's take a look and see what we have. Number one is going to be uh, Harper playing against the Padres and more specifically against Manny Machado. Uh, they were both the biggest signings uh, going into this season. So it's going to be interesting to see who outperforms whom just considering the fact that they're both very big bats. Number two, uh, I had written down to look out for Braden Shen, but I thought about it. I sat there, and I said, no, let's uh, let's talk about soccer for a second. Um, and uh, this weekend, 
is going to be the Champions League final. Uh, Tottenham is going to be playing against Liverpool. And um, I know a lot of uh, Liverpool fans, so I know that they are very excited for this. And uh, hopefully, 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 Liverpool can walk out with a win. They're personally my favorite EPL team. Um, And uh, hopefully, the Union can replicate the season that Liverpool had just had. And number three, this is my oddball pick. Um, I know I talk about esports a whole lot, especially with the Fusion and Overwatch, but one of my favorite esports is actually going to be Super Smash Bros. Melee, the game that came out in 2001 for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, it actually has a pretty big uh, community who plays the game competitively. Um, and this weekend is going to be a very major tournament. It's known as Smash and Splash 5. Um, close to a thousand entrants are going to be there. Um, some of the top players in the entire world. Um, and, uh, it should be a fun time. I think fighting games are, you know, pretty much the gateway into esports becoming accepted into, uh, mainstream sports. And Super Smash Bros. Melee is very intricate. A whole lot of thought that goes into it. There's a lot more than meets the eye with this game. So, uh, I think it's worth checking out. If you want, you can find all of that on Twitch. Um, I believe it's going to be on Even Matchup Gaming um, or uh, VG Boot Camp. I can't remember which one. But either way, uh, be sure to look out for um, for some Super Smash Bros. Melee. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that played that as a kid. And it's interesting to see what it looks like played at the top level. And we all know that I love playing things or seeing things played at the tippy top level. But that's been the show this week. Thank you for joining me. I know I'm getting it out very late. Um, There were a whole lot of technical difficulties that went on Thursday and Friday and so on and so forth. But things are finally getting cleared up. So thank you for bearing with me. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope things are going well. Uh, I have this week planned out and hopefully the technical difficulties will uh, cease so if you want to stay updated on that, you can follow me on social media. That is going to be at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. And uh, if you want, follow the podcast as well. That's going to be at Orange Line Pod, spelled exactly the way you would think. Um, and if you're on Facebook, there's also a page, uh, Orange Line Podcast. Eventually, in the coming days, I'm going to be uh, posting daily blog posts I guess talking about some of the games that are happening for the day some stats maybe going over what the opponent's team has been doing uh, or maybe uh, some spotlights on players within the game so be on the lookout for some of those but um, I'll keep my rambling to a minimum this week thank you so much for joining me as always here on the orange line I hope you have a great day and I will see you next time